friends, Annie here from Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective. You guys, I'm so excited because I have a very special guest that was rolling through Vegas and she stopped by to say hi to me and our crew. And my friend Suge is passionate about sharing the gospel to empower women to rise up in Jesus Christ, to equip them to live victoriously. She is the founder and president of Him for Her Ministries, a radio show, speaker, leader, and a gifted evangelist. Suge, welcome to Annie's Pink Chair. I'm so excited and blessed that you're here today. Well, I'm more excited because I've had you on my show three times. <laughs> And, you know, Annie, you should never hang out that invitation that says, next time you're coming through Vegas, stop on in. <laughs> and we indeed did. And I'm so thankful to be here and be, yeah. see you in person. Right. Uh, when I interviewed you, it was digitally. So I'm just thankful to be here. It's so neat to actually, I think something's changed so dramatically in media and social media that everyone's virtual now. And it's so nice to be in a studio. It is. To be in someone's face, to touch their hand, to sit in the chair next to them, to see their, their sparkly eyes. Like your eyes are sparkling right now. Like, cause you look so happy. You well, know? you look fab, girl. Oh, thank you. You're just looking, we just sit here and compliment each other <laughs> all day long. <laughs> and for those that can't see us right now, just go to the internet. You'll see us on the internet. So, hey, can you tell me why? Because the first time I heard your name, I was just like, Shug. What is Suge? Like, who named you Suge? Why the name Suge? It, it, it sounds super cute. Uh, not like in a weird way, but it, it also sounds like it reminds me of a rapper. There you go. Suge there, Knight. Uh, yes, Suge Knight. Like, because it's like an, or, or <clears throat> that song, Sugar Bear, Sugar mm -hmm. Bear or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it reminds me of that. So tell me more about why your name is Suge. So it's a nickname. Uh, Suge was given to me uh, by my mom. Actually, there were three sisters in the family, Prissy Bear, Bubba Bear, and Sugar Bear. Oh, so it and is a Sugar Bear. we were raised way down south in northern Minnesota. <laughs> You'd think we were Southerners with that name. Now, Prissy and Bubba, they got rid of their names right away. They just, they Why didn't like Why did your like mom that. name you the bear names? Is uh, it when you were very little? Just, yeah, we were all tiny and the three bears, we had, there were three girls before my brother came along. Oh, so it's kind of like a, uh, like a little bit of play off the the three bears yeah, maybe yeah i and, love and, that story know, go to luck on the free bears yeah prissy and bubba they got rid of their names they don't go by it but i'm the only one who kept my name uh shuggy uh sugar turned into shuggy and shug anyways that's that's just the story of my name you know what's gonna happen so it's short for sugar yeah yeah annie god's gonna <laughs> say welcome home shug being a faithful <laughs> servant i'm sure of it because if he's got my real name on the tombstone he, you know i won't even be recognized <laughs> okay what is your can we share that or not sharon Sharon. Sharon. That's a pretty name. It's very reserved for me. Right. And you, you were saying you're from Minnesota, which we're very uh, kindred sisters with yeah. that because we're all, we love, to, okay, what do you miss about Minnesota? Because you don't live there anymore. But what when you were growing up, because here's, I'm going to tell you what I miss. Como Park Zoo. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I miss the roller gardens. Yeah, yeah. And they just recently sold it. Yeah. It's shut down now. I used to go to the roller gardens. I miss Lake Street. Mm, the original different Lake now. Street. It doesn't look the same anymore. And how, it, how it, you would go over the bridge. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, you go over the, you know, the Minneapolis uh, bridge with the Mississippi River. And yeah. you were in St. Paul. Yeah. And in a, as a little girl, I would be like, 
wow, I crossed the bridge and I would be so proud of myself because now I'm in St. Paul, yeah. you know? Um, right next door to each other. I, I think I miss also the the ice cream truck. He would come and you'd hear the little... Sure. And back then you could hang out in the street. You could play in the street. Yeah. You could leave your doors open. I mean, this is the 70s. I'm really dating myself, but... It, I would get the bomb pop, the red, white, and blue one. Sure. Because I was, I always loved the American flag. And anyway, so tell me what you miss about Minnesota. So I think what I miss the most about Minnesota is there's lakes everywhere, mm-hmm. 10,000, over 10,000 lakes. That's what they're known for. Um, and pine trees. You know, we've been traveling across the country and we've been hitting southern United States right now. And there's a lot of tumbleweed, rattlesnakes and scorpions. And I just told my husband the other day, I miss pine trees, just the smell, a lakefront view, uh, some of that stuff I miss. But, you know, we're traveling around, so we're going to come back to it. Right. And and so Minnesota is the other thing that I like about it is it has four definite seasons. Oh, yeah. Um, Vegas doesn't have that as much like we have like. Hot, 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 hot summer. <laughs> then we go into like this Indian summer where it's really, really nice for a couple months. And then it goes into like this, like kind of like a fall slash winter. It's not really winter too yeah, much, yeah. only for a couple days sometimes. And then we go back into spring. And uh, I shouldn't say it like that because I'm just making trivial, like <laughs> laughing at our own weather patterns. But I'm really like accustomed to it now. But it's super hot here. Yeah, it, it is, is definitely it's a desert, a warm. and we definitely have scorpions. Yeah, and uh, it's it's very challenging sometimes. I'm just being honest. Sometimes it gets to 120 during the day. Yeah, but it's you know, I ask myself, would I rather have 120 or 20 below? You know, that's some of the challenges. No, that you I'll get in take Minnesota. the 120. I, know. I will take the 120 yeah, any day. I would too. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and I love Minnesota. It was great to be raised there. It's not the same state today because some of the political atmosphere mm-hmm. things that are going on. But uh, we love Minnesota. We love the people. They're super gracious. You know, it's Minnesota nice kind of a thing. Oh yeah, you know. Oh don't sure, you know, for sure. You betcha. Bring yeah. the casserole on. How over. about this? I, I'm not. I'm going to smile in your face, and but when you leave here, I'm going to talk bad about yeah, you. Yeah, because I'm one from those, Minnesota. It's one of those things when you're eating too. Would you like seconds? Oh no, no, no. I'm good. Really? Do you want some more? No, no, no. I'm fine. Really, let me just put a little scoop on your plate. Oh sure, you betcha. Thank you so much. I mean, and, and we say that as a joke. But really, that's the Minnesota nice kind of a thing. And most people don't talk that way. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's I just know. fun it, to it, 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 You know what else? I, Minnesota, there was something about it and the people, and even Wisconsin, because I grew up in Wisconsin as well as a teenager. It, what I noticed about there is I always wanted to break out of, there's something about breaking out of the way the norms are there mm-hmm. and the way that people are. And they're very, to me, I don't know if they still are, Shug, very reserved it, they don't really say what they feel all the time. Uh-huh. They sweep it under the rug. Yes. Mm-hmm. And everything's like, it's. I think it's a culture thing with all the different uh A lot of Scandinavians. Parts. Yes. The Scandinavian yeah. and, the, and the Germans yeah. came in. The Polish. My mom's Polish. I'm half mm-hmm. Polish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just this pervasive, like, the way that the attitudes are and very unlike... Uh, I would say, like, I don't want to say shy, but just very reserved. And so I was always like, ah, in your face. Me too. And I've never really been the the, the shy, shy, shy person. Uh-huh. And once I figured out who I was, I started coming out of my shell. And yeah. I thought, I don't belong here. 
I've always had a New York personality in a Scandinavian state. Yeah. And, you know, I just got to give a shout out if we're talking about Minnesota to Salem Network, who airs our show, him for her uh, women's hot topics. Yeah, that's where your show is. And that's uh, we we broadcast out of there with Salem Studios. That's where our producer, John, is and uh, everybody who works so hard over there. Hi, John. Oh, he's a great guy. <laughs> I love it. He's my Ed McMahon. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember him. And so how did all this happen, by the way? Because let's talk about your like your upbringing a little bit. Uh, you grew up in Minnesota. And what led you into, like you said, being outspoken and speaking out and being the person you are, a speaker and a radio yeah. show host and evangelist? You mm-hmm. know, you go into prisons like you I go do. where a lot of people don't want to go, Shug. And let's keep it real. A lot yeah. of people are afraid to step their feet in a jail or the prison. But tell me how that all started with on you. You were a little girl, you started being outspoken. What happened? You know, it's funny. My parents would tell me I used to take a spoon and stand outside in front of the glass sliding door and start to sing and dance. And I guess God created me to have a microphone in my Mm -hmm. hand most times. And then we'd be sitting at the uh, dinner and I'd be speaking and dad would say, oh, your voice is so loud, Shug. Our neighbors can hear you. Well, little did I know I'd be in an Africa prison. My microphone would go out and I'd have to be able to share the gospel in a way that would bounce off the walls so a thousand inmates could hear me speak. And so God really does create us, I think, perfectly for his purpose and plan. And uh, oftentimes I'll go into an event and I'll talk about the three P's, Mm -hmm. letter P, and that's that your personality Mm -hmm. is perfect. You know, whether you be shy, outgoing, quiet, whatever, to match your passion. And my passion is to share the gospel of Christ. No, it wasn't always that, but my I passion mean, what, was people. How, how did that start, though? Yeah. Like the, to share the passion. Well, and then finish out another P. Sorry. And I then cut the you third off. P is purpose. God has a purpose for your life. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the mm-hmm. Lord. And so God has already wired this blonde haired Mazungo, is what they call me in Africa. Mazungo. Uh, yeah, to share the gospel. Cute. <laughs> um, and so uh, how it got started uh, pretty much goes back to. Uh, when I first received Christ into my life. And if I could just take a minute and share that, it really does impact uh, the the journey God had me on. And it actually, you know, my mom and dad took me to church on Sundays. They were great parents. What kind of church? Uh, it was a Lutheran church. Oh, I went to Lutheran because, church too. Oh, yeah, you betcha. You got to go to the Lutheran <laughs> church when you're in Minnesota. I got, I got baptized when I was 14. <laughs> anyway, confirmed, I should say, confirmed. Yeah, I was more concerned about the cute guys that are coming and going than I was Me listening too. to the pastor. <laughs> and so after we had our daughter, Shelly, our first child, I w- you know, I set her down gently. I was so worried about SIDS, that she would die from SIDS, that I went to bed and I started to pray. Now, this is this kind of humorous. I'm praying to God and I'm, I'm like, God, let's make a deal. Come on down. Let's make a deal. And I said, if you keep her alive, I'll take her to church every Sunday. Now, when I share this story in Africa or whatever, they all start clapping. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know what? What kind of person am I to think I can make a deal with God? Right. I mean, you know, he's the almighty. But this is what God did, Annie is that all of a sudden in the middle of my prayer, he saw my heart. Mm. As pathetic as that prayer was, he saw my heart. And I literally could hear a choir of angels sing. And as these angels were singing, I heard this voice, almost like oxygen, just so fresh, say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Mm. And that's what Jesus had said on the cross mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. before he died. Right. And I heard those words. Now, not everybody hears anything when they receive Christ. So when they say, and it's no fancy prayer, it was my words, genuine to God. At the time, my daughter was, 
a newborn, I would have been 24. So prior to that, you just never really surrendered at all. Oh, no. I was so a troublemaker. So you were just a faker, maker, Oh, I, if it was trouble, I was attracted to okay. it. Uh, of course, until I got married and married my wonderful high school sweetheart, Blair. But no, if it was trouble, if it was drugs, it was anything else, I was attracted to it. Um, and so God doesn't waste those times, as you know. Uh, he uses so it you for were the his party glory. Girl. I was a big party girl. Wow. As a matter of fact, when we started dating, my husband and I, his sisters came up to me and wanted to know what I was up to. Because he was kind of like the Walton boy. He was like, he was yeah, perfect. Yeah, they were like, where'd you He's get this He's still perfect chick? in my eye. Yeah, like, but I was a party animal. This hot but blonde, like, God didn't even... waste it. God didn't waste <laughs> it. He didn't waste it. So, um... That moment turned around my life. Little did I know, I started going to church with my daughter, mm -hmm. and I was hungry for the Word. I even went up to pastors and said, you didn't talk long enough. You know, I was just hungry for God's Word. And I Like, looked, what's wrong with you? You should have made your sermon three, know, three hours long. It was long. so good. It was so good. <laughs> and they're like, really? We've never heard that before. But I just watched how God took that moment when I said yes to Him in my own pathetic way and watched how He has made me hungry for him because, mm -hmm. you know, God gives us our faith. He, you know, he allows us the opportunity to invite him into our heart um, and he gives us free will. And so I was just hungry to learn more and more about him. And as I did, I watched my life change. And it wasn't until I started a Bible study that I went to that I thought it was like, why? I'm not going to a Bible study. That's where all the goody two shoes are. But no, it really turned my life around because then God's words jumped off the page into my yeah. heart. And that's it's where so I good, isn't it? Isn't oh, I it? love it. I, I, that's where I found it, my life first. Yeah. It was Isaiah six eight. Yeah. Here am I, Lord. Mm. Send me. Mm. And when those words jumped off the page, I started praying. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Here am I, Lord. Send me. And then Jabez, um, you know, his prayer the was to expand. Jabez, yeah my territory. Mm -hmm. And that's what I felt God did. As I prayed more, I watched how he took me through different seasons of life and he didn't waste any of it mm -hmm. and gave me a purpose and a plan. Uh, and it really has led me to this point. And I do believe my purpose not only is to bring the gospel. The, and, you know, I hate to say the gospel because some people get turned out by that. Let me tell you, it's about a relationship with Christ right. and he loves us so much. Yeah. That he doesn't want to let us go. Yeah. We have a choice. Yeah. We can burn away from him mm -hmm. or we can be united with him and really live a victorious life. I mean, it is a rocking awesome life right. when you say yes to Christ. Right. I mean, being introduced, I mean, the gospel is just, you know, another word for good news. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. the, you know, having the angels do their trumpets and say that Christ is born and everything like that. When you do say gospel, some people nowadays in, in the modern terms, they're like, some people don't understand what that means. No. Right. I like to break it down. So it's really good that you do, because it's really not about that word or phrase. It's really about having a relationship mm -hmm. or understanding why Jesus came and mm -hmm. why he died and why he like he didn't die because he actually went and got some keys and unlocked some jail Amen. cells and Amen. and set everyone free. You know, mm -hmm. the people that were stuck in, you know, that bad place that he went down to for three days. <laughs> some say it's two days. Some say it's one night. I mean, we just don't know mm -hmm. until we actually get to see him. And maybe yeah. we'll ask him that question. But all I know is that when I read the words, they jump um, off the page. I got, I got, you know, my heart started opening up. But mm -hmm. I want to know how you transitioned from a Bible study and then you started, like, how did you get involved? Did you start, 
speaking at your church? Did you become a woman's leader? Mm -hmm. Were you in your 20s when that happened? How did that go down? So what God did is, of course, I had a season in life. My kids were still young. You know, he led me through that season as as he did. I was learning and I was studying. I was doing Bible studies. I was leading Mm -hmm. as well, pretty much everything you said. Um, And then um, as time passed, I was um, in leadership where I would train people in churches around the area how to lead their teams. I'd go and be a public speaker. Um, And I used to always think I was a teacher until I started to evangelize. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could do a whole show on spiritual gifts, Mm -hmm. but God has given me the gift of evangelism. And I can go places and thousands of people will say yes to Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's not me. It's God working through me Mm -hmm. and allowing me the opportunity to share the news in a way that they understand. And then they raise their hand and they say, yes, I want that in my life. So to answer your question, how did I get into prison? Um, I was instructed by one of the churches. to start speaking. Yes. Just how did you start speaking first? Ah, you're making me think way back Yeah, you have to dig, Shaggy. How did I begin speaking? (laughs) Because we're going to talk about prison. I was always talking. You right. know, if anybody uh, exactly. was listening, I was talking. I think so I would get people, it. I people would, might want to know that because they're listening and watching us right yeah. now. And they might mm-hmm. want to know, well, how did should get into speaking? Like some people want to learn how to speak and some people want to start going to church and maybe yeah. they want to like teach like you do. And so how did that happen? Did someone ask you or did you just feel like, you know what? I want to teach. Can I ask the pastor? I never asked. You never asked. I never okay. asked. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't. Right. Um, you, you know, you know what a spiritual gift is something God gives you when you say yes to Christ. You already know that. But you say yes to Jesus and he gives you the spiritual gift and what it does is does two things it enables others it helps them edifies them and it glorifies God those two things Um, and so I would be teaching people would invite me uh, can you go up and speak a little about this topic we're having a women's event um, or I'd be uh, the MC oftentimes I was MCs of a lot of events then from there I would transition over to being the keynote speaker in different events Mm -hmm. Um, I just was always speaking you know and and really, God tells us, beautiful are the feet that I mean, bring it's a good gift. news. It's a, I think God has given you a gift, Shug. He gives us all right. a gift. And we all have unique gifts. Right. And, you know, I like to think that that really quiet, quiet, shy person that can barely raise their hand, God has a purpose for your life as well, that he can't give me uh, the, the woman who doesn't stop talking. <laughs> and so God's got a purpose for all of us. But yes, he did provide a lot of speaking opportunities, started small, grew it from there, be available. You know, his eyes roam back and forth on mm-hmm. the earth, mm-hmm. looking for those that are available. Mm-hmm. And with my life verse, Isaiah 6, 8, here, my Lord, send me. I did not know then when I would pray that what he had in store for me Mm. and boy it would it would knock your socks off if I told you some of the stories of things I've seen and heard wow and then so tell me what happened next how did you get the radio show started so the prison ministry was going gangbusters at that point so then you started going to prisons Mm -hmm. first and and how how did that happen happen? how that happened so that happened first yep that happened that well I was speaking I was leading teaching uh doing leadership conferences things like that but I was speaking and then someone said, you need to go into the prison because there's a team that needs some coaching. And I'm saying that lightly. There's a team that needs some coaching and we want you to go in and share about Jesus mm-hmm. to the inmates. And then with the purpose of watching the team and seeing how we can better the ministry of that team. So as I was preparing a message, you're, you're going to die over this year. I was preparing the message. It was a one hour talk. I talked for an hour in the prison. 
and I'm preparing it, and it was about the women of the Bible, um, you know, the ones that no one would suspect would be so effective for Christ. Um, and so I was writing the, me the message out, and I decided I've got to give these ladies a handout mm -hmm. in prison so they can take it back to their cell with them. So I'm on my way to the copy center, and I'm in the car, and I'm driving a stick shift. And the reason why oh, I'm sharing this is, is I'm talking to God, <laughs> and I'm like, God, what am I doing? I'm like Jaja Gabor. Now, some of you might not know who that is, but Jaja Gabor was, you know, I'm kind of a uh, high maintenance gal. Let me put it lightly. But I had a troubled past. I was a real hellraiser. And so I'm driving to the, co the copy center and I'm talking to God. I'm complaining like the Israelites did with the manna in the field. I don't want to do this. How did I get pulled into this? Why? You know, what am I doing? And I literally felt a big hand come through the top of that car. And it was a scolding, Annie. I have created you for a time such as this. And I pulled over and my knees were shaking. I could hardly use the clutch of the car. I'm on the side of the freeway and literally, Annie, I saw my whole life flash before my eyes. I saw all my troublemaking years. I saw the years I did drugs. I saw the stuff that God had protected me from. Uh, we brought in two children in foster care and allowed them to live with us while their mom got her act back together. I just saw how God had used my Bible study and my, my study, my college degree, et cetera. And all of a sudden he brings me to a time such as this. And that's what I heard him say from the book of Esther. Mm. I have created you for a time such as this. Now, I went into that prison that afternoon, nervous, scared. I had to speak for a whole hour. But I knew I had the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with me. And Annie, when I spoke, I had a one-hour talk. I could see my notes flipping in my head. I knew exactly where I was, exactly what I wanted to say, and I never looked once at my notes. And I haven't left prison since. And that was over 21 years ago. Wow. And so what, was the audience that you spoke to in prison, was it female audience? Yes. Or was it a mix, just females? No, at that time it was female. Yeah. I've, I've spoken in men's prisons throughout right. Kenya, throughout Africa, mm -hmm. uh, Rwanda. Um, I speak in women's prisons throughout the United States, often with Prison Fellowship Ministries. And yeah, God has created me to speak in prison and work wow. with prisoners. And did, did you think that, you know, and we have to end this very quick, but you know what we can do? Because we're not done with your story. It's our time already. We can up. definitely, <laughs> we've got about four minutes. We can definitely do a part two. Okay. So what I wanted to ask you was, when you went in, I know that you said you pulled over, you had a stick shift and you were like shaking. And when you went in the first time, or even the times that you went in after the first, let's say the first couple times you went in there, did you ever feel like you were not qualified? All the because, time. Because come on, girl, you haven't been arrested and thrown in prison for years well, on I end. Well, I was arrested. We're not, we, I didn't okay. take you down that alley. Oh, well, well, why don't you, we'll save that for part two. But did you ever get that feeling? Because I want to encourage someone today. I even feel that way today at times. Yeah. So That's what, what the enemy does. Yeah. So what, what did the enemy say to you? What are you doing here? Yeah. Nobody's going to listen. Is anyone going to think you're crazy? You're not, you're, you know, right. who are you? Like, what, are you better than me or something? Like, because that's some of the words that could be thought of in your in your brain, like when the enemy comes in and speaks to you. He does all the time. And, you know, that spiritual warfare as as warriors, we are for Christ. Mm -hmm. We have to armor up. We got to be ready. We got to be prayed up. We got to be pre prepared because the enemy is hanging out. He's prowling around like a lion waiting to pounce. And where does he do it? Up here first. Right. 
He messes with our minds. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so you went in there, just, were you nervous? Like, were you? I was a nervous wreck. Were you like, oh, are they, were you afraid that somebody would, might, might jump you? Never. You, like if you triggered them on, on a subject or you no. said something wrong? You know, the odd thing is I told God, if I'm going to go in, if you're going to send me in, Lord, I'm way too judgmental mm-hmm. as a person mm-hmm. to be able to do this without you creating love in me for these women. And that's, it's amazing Annie, I can be on the the back streets of any city and I'm scared to death. I go into prison and I feel right at home. Right. So you said you're way too judgmental. Can you expound on that? Yeah, a I'm a person. Bit? I'm a human being. Okay. I mean, we all are. You know, if you say you, you haven't judged somebody in your life, you're lying. <laughs> we all do. You know, hello, people. <laughs> I mean, the people that say that other people are judgmental are actually judgmental because you're judging me for being judgmental. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're human beings. We live in a sinful world. And I ask God, I can't do this without your love and without seeing them through your eyes. And he has done that. I have heard some horror stories and I had only love for those people. And uh, the women in prison, the men in prison, um, and and you have to. You know, you can't walk alongside somebody if you're gonna judge them. You walk alongside someone like Christ and you love them. Get the love thing right is one of my favorite lines. And that's what I tell our team. We gotta get the love thing right everywhere. Yeah, love doesn't, talk at you, it listens. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't tell you what to do. It listens. And, and then if, if someone wants advice, you, you lovingly give that advice. Well, if it was me, look, I'm not you, but if it was me, and to me, uh, that's really important mm-hmm. because I think a lot of the people get really turned off by evangelism and um, church atmosphere mm-hmm. and people preaching at them because they feel like they're not being heard and they mm-hmm. feel like they're being judged and they feel like, you know, you're yelling at me and that's just not true. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone's like that. There's so many different types of churches and, and way that people communicate their message. And I think that getting the love part right is the best part, yeah. you know, making sure that you're not jumping on people for their lifestyle that they're currently living mm-hmm. in and some that don't want to quit their lifestyle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we have like a minute left. So why don't we tell people where they can find you? And then we're going to go to part two next. So you can find me at himforher.org. And, and we have an info email. So it's info at H-I-M, a number four, H-E-R. What does that stand for? It stands for himforher.org. And you can find me there. You can reach out. Uh, we're going to be talking about some exciting stuff. I hope the second part. I'm going to get to the meat of it. Okay. I got to get to the meat of it and the core of what God has sent me here to talk about. Okay. That sounds good, Chick. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It's yeah. been so good to see you. You too. In, you too. In person. Yes. And I just want to thank everyone for coming on Annie's Pink Chair. And we will see you next time. Hi, dear friends. Annie here. Did you know that we have a nonprofit that serves sex trafficking victims? And how did this come about? Well, that was so simple for me because I am a former trafficking victim of more than a decade in Las Vegas. I had two different traffickers that almost destroyed me and ravaged my soul. But by the grace of God, I sit in this chair today and I can testify that Jesus is real and that my complex trauma and all the pain that I endured got totally solved by the love of God. And I wanted to share this today because we are in very desperate need 
of donations at our nonprofit. Now, our nonprofit not only does outreach for victims that are hurting, that need to get away from their traffickers, that need resources, but we have a home called the Destiny House where ladies can dream, discover, and develop into God's perfect destiny He has planned for them. Please partner with us. Your donation is tax deductible and you're going to be saving a life.